you have your Bible, turn this morning to uh, the book of Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. I want to minister a message this morning titled Living with Meaning and Purpose. Living with Meaning and Purpose. Most people never really consider that Christ died on the cross so that their life might have meaning and so that they could fulfill a particular purpose. Everybody say particular. In other words, God didn't just create you and just say, uh, just go and do something. No, uh, the Bible says that he created you with a particular thought in mind about you. For we are his workmanship created unto in Christ Jesus unto good works which the Father hath what? Before ordained. In other words, God's already set some things in motion. Have before ordained. Why? So that we could walk in them. In other words, it's not just whatever I do, however I live, wherever I go, whatever I say, as long as I, you know, uh, claim to know Christ, it's good enough. No, Christ Jesus died on a cross so that your life might have meaning and so that you would fulfill a particular purpose in this life. Bible says that Jesus Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. In other words, without him, you don't have much of a life. Without Christ, we doing much. And uh, we are getting ready to close on our, our house this week, and we thank God this has been a, a three-month transition that's uh, hopefully almost getting ready to come to a close here. We're believing God. Amen. And uh, we're moving into an area that uh, financially we're not supposed to be in that area. And I understand that. That's why I don't walk in there strutting like a banty rooster. Neither do I walk in there like this. <laughs> Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. And so we don't walk uh, weakly. We don't walk pridefully. We walk confidently. But I've noticed that there are a lot of people that live in this area that apply their value to what they drive. Or to their uh, house. Or to their account. Or to their profession. And you, you might say, well, that doesn't apply to me because my house ain't much, my car ain't much, my account ain't got much, and my job ain't much. But I have also seen the other end of that spectrum where people will put their, their value, they will base their value on uh, how rough they've had it. Anybody ever seen that guy? Man, I was as broke as I, I, was, I was this and I was that and I was the worst drug addict and I was the worst gangbanger. And they put their value in those other things. Somewhat, some might put their value in uh, how religious or pious they are. 
But none of those things give us value outside of the cross of Jesus Christ. And I submit to you this morning that it does not matter what you are doing, does not matter who you are, what your job is, where you live, none of those things matter apart from the cross of Jesus Christ because without his transforming, changing power in your life, everything that you're doing is going to burn up. And so I want to live with meaning. And with purpose. What is meaning? What do you mean live with meaning? Meaning is the why. Why am I here? Why am I on the earth in 2014? Why was I not on the earth in 1914? For some of you, the answer is because they didn't have Facebook then. They didn't have, you know, I'm thinking now, I don't go anywhere without my cell phone. I told you about that. The GPS. I don't know nothing. It tells me everything. And so other day when I punched in, we were going to a restaurant. I mean, no, we were going to a church. And I punched this address in, and I didn't even consider that the place where we was going uh, the, the guy that gave me the card had the address on there. I, I don't need that. I just pulled up my handy-dandy GPS, punched in the name, and went to work. And then as we pulled into this residential neighborhood, I'm like, is this a house church? What is this? I, don't, I wasn't paying any attention. I was just going along, and whatever the GPS told me to do, that I did, and I ended up about 25 miles off track. And doesn't include all the toll charges that went along with going off track. There's a lot of people that are just going along and just doing whatever voice comes to their head, whatever their mind tells them to do, whatever their financial planner tells them to do, whatever their buddies tell them to do, they just do it. And they find themselves way off track. And here's the thing about it. They, they set a destination. It was just the wrong <laughs> destination so the question is this morning is what is your destination where are you trying to get to when my father was when my father passed away the morning he passed away I remember driving to the hospital and then this overwhelming thought came upon me in that moment and it just hit me like a ton of bricks boom he's in heaven now and I begin to think about that and I remember seeing my dad and he had a back surgery for herniated disc and he was, you know, he still got around pretty good for 70, but I remember seeing him and he have a brace on and I can remember seeing him bouncing to get up out that rocking chair and ah! I said, he's not bouncing no more. Back's not hurting no more. His destination was heaven. And if you're talking about living a life with meaning and with purpose, that destination has to be considered because if you make nowhere your destination, you'll reach it every time. So meaning is why am I here? Purpose. What should I do while I'm here? What is it that God put me on this earth to do while I'm here? Do you know that the whole world is looking for meaning and purpose? Well, this is not exclusive to Christians. This is not something that's unique to Christians. Only Christians care about uh, meaning and, and purpose. No, the whole world, even the famed atheist. How many have ever heard of an atheist? His name was Frederick Nietzsche. Nietzsche said that God is dead, 
That's what that's his fame declaration. And here's what he said. He who has a why to live uh, for a why to live for can bear almost any how. I'm going to say that again. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. He's referencing uh, uh, the, the uh, commentary. I read this article. They were referencing a man who was in World War II and he was faced with tremendous uh, torture and he was tormented. He was a captive to the, uh, the Nazi regime and he was able to endure that because he found meaning in his life. And I tell you this morning that you can find a meaning for your life. You can find a purpose for your life. But I can assure you that if you find it, it is going to lead you to a destination that you do not want to go. The only destination, the only meaning, the only purpose is the purpose that comes from God. And when we find when we when we find ourselves grasping for straws, looking at the world and finding our meaning and finding our purpose, why am I here and what am I supposed to do based on what the world says, you'll find yourself in a bad destination. You can't know meaning and purpose without God because everything was created for him. Everything was created for God. Wrap your mind around that for a moment. Everything that you uh, can think of that has ever been created was created for God. I'll give, you, I'll give you a scripture for that. Revelation 4 and 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That makes it pretty clear. I mean, even a guy from Alabama can figure that out. Everything was created by God and for God. So in other, in, in other words, in order for you to find out meaning and purpose, in order for you to know meaning and purpose, you can't know that outside of God because everything that you're interacting with was created by him and for him. This is why when our kids go to school, they are trying to force them not to believe that God created. Because if he didn't create, then he can't assign meaning and purpose. But if he did create, if he did fling the, the heavens and the earth into existence, then meaning and purpose, why you are here and what you're to do comes from him. That's why they fight you. If God's the creator, he owns the meaning. The meaning. He owns the why. He owns the how. You know what sin is? I'll tell you what sin is. I don't know what this is. i tell you what it looks like. It looks like my elementary school principal, Miss Bullard's paddle. <laughs> it's got the nice handle. It's got the holes in it, just like hers did, for easy airflow. I don't know why Pastor Blake has this up here. Anybody know? Why? For the kids. 
That's his, that's his purpose. Now, this can bring discipline to a group of kids. That's what it was, I guess, it was what it was created for, right? It could also abuse a child. It, it could also crack somebody's skull, right? If we use it for discipline, perhaps we are, are doing what it's intended for. But if we use it to crack somebody's skull, we're using it for something other than its intended purpose. Can I tell you this morning, sin is using anything for something other than its intended purpose. That's all this sin is. When you use something for anything other than its intended purpose. Give me an example. Uh, uh, how many married people we got in here? Bible says that marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. Isn't that wonderful, married folks? That's wonderful. That's why I got a whole row right there. That's wonderful. But do you know that if you take advantage of marriage principle, uh, privileges outside of marriage, it is sin? Why? Because God created it with purpose. And when you try to take upon yourself your own purposes, it's sin. You know God wants you to have sense. You know God, God, God is not against education. God wants his people to be educated. My people perish for lack of knowledge. He wants, he wants you to know something. But when you make knowing something your primary goal so that after your name you can always put a little DD or PD or MS or I ain't going to say the other one. But when you make that your purpose so that when people see your name, they can say, wow, that guy's smart because he has letters behind his name. You know what? On your signature block, just put you some letters back behind there. I see letters all the time. I don't know what they mean. Just put you some letters back there. But you're, now you're missing the purpose. Because you're, you're now getting your education so somebody can think something about you. Now you're missing it. Now you're missing what your, your, your uh, intrinsic value really is. Your purpose was not so that you could walk around prideful because you got a letter behind your name. Your purpose is perhaps to get your education so you can help people as a doctor. Or if you are, you are a certified mechanic, you can uh, help people with their car. But now you're just seeking the fame and the fortune and the good uh, privileges of other people you've missed the purpose bible makes one thing clear our lives when in god through the regenerating work of jesus christ can have meaning and purpose our lives when we're in god that regenerating work of jesus christ do you know that that work that christ did it's regenerating it revives something it, it ignites something in you. When that regenerating work of Jesus Christ is brought to bear on a life that is, that is aimless, that is wandering, that is grasping for meaning and purpose, when you bring that regenerating work of Jesus Christ to that life, that life now begins to have meaning and it begins to have purpose. Let's take a look at the scriptures. 
I'm going to read Philippians 3. I'm going to read 1 through 15 pretty quickly here. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. I want to stop right there for a moment. We talk a lot about discipleship. If you want to be a good disciple, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a, a uh, clue that I look for in disciples. When I tell them something that I've already told them before, they don't go. <sighs> a disciple can hear things that they've heard before over and over and over again and never get tired of it. Someone who's not a disciple is like, oh, I already know that. I already know that. That's how Israel was in the, uh, that's how they were in, in the wilderness. They're like, yeah, we already know that. And then they go headlong into sin. <laughs> a disciple can hear the same thing over and over and never get tired of it. And so Paul says to write the same thing to you. Indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. In other words, when Pastor Blake tells you something, you're like, man, I've heard that a hundred times. It's safe for you. Amen. Now, listen to this. He says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he have uh, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. What a tremendous passage that's written by a very educated, very well-educated, very zealous man. Paul says, if any of y'all think you can brag, I can brag more. If any of you all got something you can hang your hat on, I got more to hang my hat on. And he begins to list all of his, his uh, qualities and all of his accolades. And I want to uh, hit a couple of points here that Paul dealt with in this passage over the, the next 15, 20, 30, 45 uh, hour or so minutes. Amen. He says, beware. If you're going to find meaning, the why, purpose, the what. You're going to find those for your life. You better beware. Beware of who, Paul? Beware of dogs. How many of you got some crazy dogs in your neighborhood? 
When your kids go outside, you're constantly wondering, is that crazy dog going to get off his chain? Is that owner going to take care of their dog? That's not the dogs that he's talking about. Anybody that is outside of the faith was considered a dog. Beware of dogs. Beware of the world. Beware of people who are not saved, who are trying to dictate to you how you ought to live. Because folks that aren't saved can't tell you how you're supposed to live in God. Now, don't, don't get too heady on me because I got a, I got a, I got a, a, a group for those who are going to get too heady on me too. God can use a donkey to speak to you. See uh, the prophet Balaam for details on that one. God can use anybody to say a word to you. I'm not talking about somebody that's going to say a word to you because some of the greatest con conviction that I've ever received has come from sinners. Sinners will be like, well, why, why are you doing that? And you're like, man, why am I doing that? But they can't tell you, now here's how you're supposed to be in God. They can't begin to give you wisdom about how to live in God because they don't know him. Some of you got friends, man, you get on the friend and you'll talk for hours, uh, get on the phone and talk for hours with that friend that's not even saved. And then you're wondering why it's so hard to live for God. Be very difficult to live for God. And so you have to beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Who are evil workers? These are people who are doing worthless things. I don't know what type of life you're leading in here this morning. I don't know most of you beyond the church. So I can't say what you're doing. But here's what I can say. If your life that you're leading is not being led by God. It's worthless. It's worthless. You say, well, I'm getting a good education. That's wonderful. What good is a good education going to do you if you die and go to hell? This thing came so big. It came so strong to me as I stood there at my father's bedside and we were talking uh, with the hospice people, you know, when hospice comes, it's getting, it's getting pretty bad. And they begin to talk, and uh, we're talking to them about my father's history. Or we're in the funeral home, and the, the, the funeral people are asking about my father's history. And one of the things they asked, they said, what level of education did he attain? And immediately, without even thinking, a chuckle just came to me. <laughs> Because my dad always said, what grade he went to has always been kind of nebulous. Nobody really knows. But he would always say, I made it to the ninth grade on condition. What condition, dad? Condition that I showed up. Said I'd go to school the first day to get my classes, and I'd go to school the last day to get my report card. rest of the time, I was working in the fields. And so I'm thinking there, he made it to the ninth grade. Okay made it to the ninth grade he owns his own home he's got a yard full of vehicles he uh, built a successful business and made a lot of money throughout his life that's pretty good for somebody who didn't get much education beware of worthless people 
People who are doing, not, not the person themselves being worthless, but the things that they're doing. What are you doing in your life? And does it have any meaning? Does it have any purpose? Is it going to advance the kingdom of God? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Young people, I told my son we were going to the high school and I'm looking at these kids. It's like everybody's on drugs. I said, hey, young man. Uh-huh. And I looked at him. I said, son, don't be like that. <laughs> He's not. Thank God. You know, these kids, they're like, they're zombies. What are they, what's a, a zombie is like a, walk, a walking dead? If there is such a thing as a walking dead, they are it. Because I'm like, hey, man. Hey, hey. Huh? Pep up, man. Pep up. Drink some Red Bull or something. No. Get in God. Get a meaning. Get purpose in your life. Get a reason for waking up in the morning. Get a reason for going about your day. Get a reason for interacting with people. Get a reason for why you go to school. Get a reason for why you come to church. Get a reason for why you say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Get a reason for living. I can assure you Red Bull won't give you meaning and purpose. But you say it'll show, help me find it. (laughs) Beware of people who are doing worthless things. If you're in this body this morning, if you can hear my voice, my question to you is what are you doing with your life that is going to advance the kingdom of God? When I'm raising my kids, when I'm dealing with them, when I'm correcting them, and even this morning, I'm like a a sergeant. Hey, who's this? Let's get this done. Let's do this. It's not because I'm just irritated or I'm just in a bad mood or it's just I want my house a certain way. I'm raising them so that when they're adults, so that when they serve God, they know that God wants things done a certain way. I got meaning for why, purpose for why, for why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I am doing. You raise your kids. Don't just raise them how you were raised. God, some of y'all, please don't raise them how you was raised. Don't raise them because mama and them did it like that. Don't raise them like that because mama or daddy didn't do it. I know so many people that raise their kids a certain way. I ain't going to do it like that because uh, my mom and dad didn't do this for me, so I'm not going to make that. Don't let that be your reason. Let your reason be, listen, this is ordained of God. Now, your mom and dad may have given you great example, and that's wonderful, but don't let that be your guiding post. Maybe they gave you a terrible example, but don't let that be your motivation. Because that's a motivation of vengeance and a motivation of, see, I can still do it without you. Don't let that be your motivation. Let your motivation be, I want to do something for God. Beware of evil workers, worthless things. Beware of the concision. These are religious folk that think because they are so religious, because they can quote a scripture, because they go to church more times than you do, because they give more money than you do, because they're more blessed than you are, that means they have some kind of corner on the market when it comes to meaning and purpose for their life. Beware of that person. If you are a Christian, you should be trying to bring everybody up. You should be trying to bring everybody. I want everybody to be more important than me. 
We live in a society that we don't want nobody to be more important than us. God says you should want everybody to be more important than you are. You know what that'll do? That'll make you look weird in the corporate, in, in the corporate world. That'll make you look weird on your job, preferring others above yourself. You say, well, what if they get the credit and they get the promotion over me? Friend, let me tell you something, my brother, my sister. When God's ready to raise you up, he'll, he'll knock anybody down to get you to the place. You ain't trying to politic and oh, get out of my way. You ain't trying to do that. You're free to just serve the Lord. Oh, what a liberty to just be free to serve the Lord Jesus. Not have to try and force myself into something or make somebody like me. I'm free to just love people. And it's liberating. It's liberating. Beware of the concision. He says, I don't have any confidence in my flesh. Think about the thing you're most proud of in your life. And don't put no confidence in that. Think about it for a moment. Think about what am, what am I most proud of? What did I do? For some, it may be, man, I woke up on time every day this week. <laughs> for some, it may be a degree. For others, you say, I'm most proud of my child. I'm most proud of my marriage. I'm most proud of whatever it is that you're proud of. Don't put any confidence in that. That doesn't mean that God didn't give it to you. The Bible says God gives us richly all things to what? Enjoy. God wants you to enjoy the things that he's giving you. But don't think that you're better than somebody else because you're eating the T-bone steak, as Pastor said this morning. You're eating the T-bone and somebody else is eating oatmeal because if they're more thankful than you are eating oatmeal, something wrong there. You eating T-bone like this. And they're eating oatmeal like, thank you, Lord, for this oatmeal. Thank you. We have an American version of Christianity that we think, man, we, you know, the more I got, the more I'm blessed. Bible says those types of people, stay away from them. They think gain is godliness from such, stay away from them. Whatever you can hang your hat on. You say, I got more Twitter followers, more Facebook friends. Is it friends in Facebook? I got more Facebook friends than you do. I shut this guy down on Facebook the other day, man. I shut him down. So, is he going to go to heaven because you shut him down? You know what? It'll do us good to focus on advancing the kingdom of God. I'm not saying don't defend the faith. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a staunch defender of the faith, and I love to deal with people that are antagonistic towards the faith. I can talk, I can talk intellectually with them, or I can talk slang with them. We can go either way you want to go, Doc. Either way you want to go. We can deal with it. I know how to abase. I know how to abound. I know how to, uh, the, the, the walk into the nice restaurant. I know how to walk into the hole in the wall. I know how to be all things to all people. If by any means I might win some. God made you versatile. You, will be, you can be a chameleon for the Lord. You can fit anywhere. He'll put your square peg in a round hole and make it fit. And folks around you'll be like, man, I'm glad you're here. And then somebody else will be, man, I hate you here. But you'll have meaning, purpose. Paul said, my heritage 
where I come from, my family, my discipline, the discipline that I have, my education, my ambition, my perfection, all of those are better than you. And some of the greatest things in life that we place value on are ultimately worthless. He said, those things that were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Do you get that? He says, those things that were gained to me, those I counted a loss for Christ. I count all things but loss that I may win Christ. You need to consider your gains and your losses. Be careful what you think God needs in order for him to use you. Be careful what you think God needs. I need somebody that has a bachelor's degree. Or I need somebody who used to be a gangbanger. I need somebody who knows what it's like to be on drugs. I remember when I was working Breakaway. Uh, Y'all got Breakaway. I think Dwayne runs Breakaway here. I remember when I was working Breakaway. Purposes of full disclosure, I have never been on drugs. I think my wife was, but I was never on drugs. I was just kidding. (laughs) I've never been on drugs. I've never been in a gang. I've never been locked up. So for most people, that would disqualify me for working in Breakaway. And I had this guy tell me one time, he said, you know what? You don't really know what it's like, so you can't really help me. I said, man, I'm so glad that Jesus smoked that joint. Really? Beware of what you think God needs in order to use you. God doesn't need a lot of the things we think uh, he needs. A lot of the qualifications we like to put on him. Jesus was never caught up in an extramarital affair. But he knows how to deal with those who have. And so when you're ministering to people, if if, if the only thing you have to give them is you, then yeah, they need that certain qualification. But if all you've got to give them is Christ, then all you need is Christ. Beware of the qualifications. Beware of the requirements that you put on God in order for him to use you. Paul said the things that were gained to me, those were lost because all of these things were pursued devoid of God. All of these things that I hang my hat on, I pursued them without truly pursuing God. And so he doesn't need them. He's not, they're, not based, they're not the basis of how God uses him. Now, does, did God use Paul's education? All you've got to do is look at his writings and you will know. God used his education. And as a matter of fact, the apostle Peter, when he was writing, he was like, hey, I can't write it as good as Paul can because that boy's smart. (laughs) Go back and look at what Peter said. Peter said, I can't do it like that boy do it. I was a fisherman while he was at Harvard. (laughs) But I'm going to do it the best I know how. Paul said, I didn't pursue those things in the will of God. But he said, now that I've gotten in God, God's able to use all of my past experience for his glory. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Doesn't matter what you come from. Doesn't matter what your life used to be like. Doesn't matter where you are right now. What I want you to know is if you put that mess in God's hand, 
and give them a little bit of time, put a little age on it, that mess becomes a message. Give them the mess. Give them a little time. Your mess becomes a message. It's a beautiful thing that God could use our lives. Sin is present whenever we're pursuing something without God's purpose. In Romans 14, in verse 23, he says at the end there, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you go into college devoid of trying to advance the kingdom of God, it's sin. He said going to college is sin. That's, what, that's exactly what I told you. If you go into college devoid of trying to be used of God, Listen to me now, because a lot of people are going to miss this. This college is full of people everywhere that are going to college for all kind of reasons. If your college does not have at the forefront, I want to be used of God. God's leading me and guiding me here. You're wasting your money. Oh, you're going to make, you may make a lot of money. You may be very successful in the thing that you choose to do with your life. I'm just telling you, you'll miss the reason you were put on this earth. For some people, they look at that and they say, it's worth it. It's worth the 70 years, the 80 years that I have on this earth. My eternity is not as valuable to me as the right now. And if you can say that with a straight face and really be willing to live with the consequences, then the message is not for you. That's all. But if you would say, my life, there's a reason I'm put here. Because I was created. Again, that's why I tell you that the whole world is fighting God as a creator. Because if he's the creator, then he's the one that brings forth meaning and purpose. And if you, if you know that you have a creator, and that creator created, created you with meaning, the why, and with purpose, the what, then it, is, it behooves you to seek out why he put you here. And this is what the Apostle Paul was saying. He says, not as though I'd apprehended, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend. That word apprehend means to take over, to seize. If that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended in Christ Jesus. In other words, why did God grab a hold of me? Why did he save me? Why did he put me here right now? And what does he want me to do? Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, he was going to put some more Christians in jail. And he got knocked off of that donkey. And, and he saw a bright light. What was his first words? Lord, who are you? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended in Christ Jesus. And then he says something that should give all of us some hope. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I ain't got it all together yet now. Count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing. This is the only thing that I've got it. Forgetting those things which are behind. There's some things in your life that you need to forget about them. 
Not forget in the sense that it, it never comes to mind, but in the sense that when it comes to mind, it doesn't sting you no more. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting the fact that there was somebody who was prettier than you, someone more handsome than you, that he took your girlfriend, she took your boyfriend. Forget that. Forget that they got a better this or that. Forget that they was a bigger this or that. Forget those things which are behind. Reaching forth to those things which are before. What's before me? What's your destination? Tell me your destination and I'll tell you what's before you. He says, here's, he didn't leave it there though. He said, reaching forth to those things that are before. And then he defines the destination. I press toward the mark. In other words, there's a specific place. There is a mark. X marks the spot. You're looking for gold. And I tell you, go, out, go outside and look for the X. You don't just wander around and just start digging somewhere. You look for the X because the X is a mark. That means it's a particular place. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Who's high calling? Of God. Where will I find the high calling of God? In Christ. That's wonderful. That's wonderful that I'm in Christ. We're going to close it up here. He says, I don't want to be found in him having my own righteous, my own righteousness. Real, very quickly, what is the safest, what can be the most safest and the most dangerous place for you to be? It's at the throne of God. That is the safest and the most dangerous place for you to be. It's the safest if you're in Christ. It is the most dangerous if you're outside of Christ. He said, be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. I don't want to be, I don't want to be able to hang my hat on something and say, God, accept me because I did this, because I am that, because uh, these people think I am. Don't let that be the reason God accepts you. I'm a good person. I really did nothing as bad, th that bad. I'm not as bad as such and such. Everybody's done something. I, I love, sinners always say, everybody's a sinner. Yeah. But in Christ, when I stand before God, he doesn't see me. He sees Jesus. He sees perfection. Does that give me a license? Man, I can just go out and live any kind of way because he ain't going to see me no way. <laughs> no. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Don't do that, fool. That's foolish thinking. No, I want, to, I want to attain the perfection that he's already levied upon me. God says you're perfect when you're in Christ. He says, and you are perfect in him. Anybody in here perfect? Let me see your hand. Every Christian all raised their hand. But we see it from our perfection perspective. Man, I ain't perfect. Did you see how I was busting at my husband this morning? Did you see how I was doing this? No. Our, our goal is to live up to that perfection. Amen.